0: Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. Hosted by Dave Turner, seat yourself is 20 to 30 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. This podcast was originally published on the week of January 6th, 2020, and runs for approximately 30 minutes.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Seat Yourself. Of course, Seat Yourself is our approximately 20 to 25 minutes or so podcast on all things in the world of hospitality tabletop. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself, and I hope you just have finished up some really fantastic holidays. And once again, I want to wish everybody the very best for the coming year. It's great to be back, and as I said we would be, we're rested up and we're ready for what we believe will be another exciting year for our industry. So I hope you agree, and as the landscape continues to change, we hope to bring it to you all right here on Seat Yourself. In today's episode, our first of the new decade, we've got a great recap on the announcement that came out of Steelite International just before the holidays. And then we want to give you another update on all the excitement slated to take place in February, early February, at Ambiente, with a move to focus more on the horeca sector and especially their new horeca Academy. It's all very exciting stuff. In our company updates, we've got some great news out of 10 Strawberry Street and Italian company Mepra. And in our 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, that's a segment where we feature the very lovely and very talented Shannon Talon. She, of course, is the tabletop and buffetware category manager for Edward Don & Company in Chicago. This week, Shannon will address a flatware question that many of you asked me throughout this past year, and I thought I'd pose it to Shannon and get her opinion on it. And as she always does, she tells it like it is, straightforward and unvarnished. And then we'll finish up this first episode of the new year as we usually do with a commentary. And this week, we'll be talking about the important issue of trust in the recruiting process, why it's so important, and how to get more of it. So that's it. It's great to be back. So let's get this new 2020 party started. First up in this new year, as we always do here at Seat Yourself, is our stat of the week. This week's stat of the week is 33%. That stat, 33%, is the percentage of American employees who are engaged, actually engaged, while they're at their work. All according to the Gallup polling and research people in their State of the American Workplace Report. That means that 67% of U.S. employees are simply not engaged at all while they're at work, and a full 16% of those people are actively disengaged. And that means they're simply miserable in the workplace and they're trying to destroy what most of the engaged employees are trying to build. The remaining 51% are just simply there showing up, collecting a check, but not productive unless they're forced to be so. And then it better be easy for them. The engaged 33% are those that love their jobs and are trying to make their organizations better each and every day. So the question becomes, How to Move the Needle on Creating a More Engaged Workforce in Your Organization. And according to Gallup, there are a number of ways to improve engagement, and as a result, you'll improve employee productivity as well. And among their suggestions, number one, make sure you and your organization's highest level managers are committed to transforming the old command and control style of management and developing a manager style that emphasizes personal development and ongoing coaching conversations. This can allow you to move from a transactional management style to one where employees feel like the company actually cares for them. Number two, change from a culture of a paycheck to a culture of a purpose. Number three, make sure people are in positions suited to them not only for their skill sets, but also their personalities. And you can utilize personality assessment tests if possible. That can be helpful. And remember, today, more people do their job virtually or remotely and at various times of the day, rather than the 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. time slots. And teams have fewer face-to-face interactions. They communicate increasingly through email, instant messaging, and conference calls today. And Gallup found that from 2012 to 2016, the number of employees working remotely rose by four percentage points, from 39% to 43%. In employees working remotely, they spent more time doing so. And today, with more generations working side by side in organizations than at any other time in history, organizations need to think about how they manage and how they optimize performance at a time when the very essence of how people work, of when they work, of where people work, and perhaps most importantly, why people work, are all critical in getting employees to feel more engaged in the organization's overall mission. Because today, Only 33% of U.S. employees are actually engaged when their organizations need them most. And that's our stat of the week, 33%. And in news while we were away, Steelhead International is a company that always seems to find a way to end the year with a bang. And in 2019, they ended it by announcing that they've found a new private equity partner to take them on the next leg of their journey upward. Just before the Christmas holiday, Steelite and its president and CEO John Miles announced that their new partner would be Arbor Investments. Arbor is a specialized private equity firm that focuses exclusively on investing in premier companies within the food, beverage, and related industries. Arbor will be replacing PNC River Arch Capital, and as usually the case in these kinds of deals, the terms of the transaction were not disclosed. Miles and his team will continue to lead the company from their headquarters in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. And Miles has spent his entire career in the hospitality tabletop business. After joining Steelite in 1996 as a regional manager, he became president and CEO with the recapitalization of the company in 2016. And during Miles' tenure there, Steelite has significantly expanded its presence in the global hospitality and food service industry and now trades. In over 140 countries, selling to restaurants, hotels, casinos, and cruise lines, the company's wide and comprehensive lineup of tabletop and buffetware products. Regarding this latest partnership with Arbor Investments, Miles had this to say. I've been in this industry for over 30 years, he said, truly and have truly have a passion for all our products, our employees, and the long-standing partnerships that we've built here at Steelite. As we look to our next chapter, it's important for our management team to find a like-minded partner who not only brings industry experience, but also shares our appetite and vision for ambitious growth. Arbor's extensive involvement in the food industry and unmatched track record of success make them the ideal partner for Steelite. And then from the Arbor side, partner Brody Lynn stated, Steelite clearly is a world leader and with an exceptional brand reputation in the market as an innovative, value-added partner. A credit to John and the culture he's built at the company. The entire Arbor team is anxious to work with John and his team to help accelerate growth, both organically and through new partnerships and acquisitions. We want to wish the best of luck to everyone involved here. It should be exciting to see how this next chapter of the Steelite story unfolds and where John Miles and his team take the brand next. And of course, now that 2020 is here, we're close to the exciting expansion of Ambiente's Horeca Marketplace and the the debut of its Herica Academy. Within the dining area, Ambiente, of course, is the global leader in tabletop, kitchenware, and household products for the consumer. And in recent years, it's become an important marketplace for the horeca sector as well. And now Ambiente's competence in horeca will further expand be expanded in 2020 due to the growing number of international trade visitors that this important trade show has been receiving from the horeca segment. With the Herreka tabletop and front-of-the-house focus now to be centered in Hall 6.0, this will offer more space for knowledge exchange with fellow professionals and a great number of product presentations from both existing and many first-time exhibitors, as well as being a venue for the premiere of the Herreka Academy. In one month's time in Frankfurt, you'll find the latest catering and hospitality concepts, and of course, the outfitting of restaurants, hotels, and hospitality operators of all types is becoming more and more individual, and the food styling, along with it, more is original as well. The hospitality business is flourishing worldwide, and in an Ambiente, this is where new ideas are presented for the very first time. Visitors and international suppliers of tabletop and front of the house equipment for major projects have been coming together here to gain an overview of current market design developments, as well as deep insights and pioneering perspectives that reach out even beyond the boundaries of the Ambiente Trade Fair. And as I just said, the New Horeca Central area will be in Hall 6.0. This area is in direct proximity to exhibitors of household and other products for the tabletop and the front of the house areas in Hall 6 and Hall 4. And it's the ideal uh, setting for discussion and for business. And of course, this will be the area where the Horeca Academy is held. The Horeca Academy is where consultants from all corners of the globe will report on where the hospitality market is heading. You won't want to miss this. There'll be entrepreneurs who explain new approaches and new concepts. There'll be world-renowned designers who'll discuss on-trend interiors and furnishings. You'll also have celebrity chefs who'll be talking about how they are enhancing and revolutionizing the taste experience. And of course... There will also be time set aside each day for questions, discussions, and the all-important networking. At the Horek Academy, you'll hear from a group of international all-stars, such as hospitality designer Adam D. Tahani and UK tabletop expert Valda Goodfellow, along with sensory dining expert Ido Garino. Tahani, of course, is widely regarded as the world's preeminent hospitality designer. He has created uniquely luxurious interiors for establishments such as the Beverly Hills Hotels and the Mandarin Oriental Hotel chain. Tahani also develops design concepts for cruise liners like the elegant Seabourn Luxury Liner and is creative director for Costa Cruises and Cunard. In addition, he works with international firms such as Silver Company Cristoffel and Italian Furniture Company Poltrona Frau. He has won many awards and honors, of course, and including being inducted into the Interior Design Hall of Fame. And Val the Goodfellow, well, she, along with her husband, Paul, established a family business, Goodfellow and Goodfellow Limited, to provide creative, tailor-made dining concepts based upon culinary presentation. At Goodfellow and Goodfellow, they work with leading international producers of top-quality tableware and kitchen equipment. The Goodfellow's Goodfellow's customers include exclusive hotels and caterers, such as the Ritz, Mandarin Oriental, Gordon Ramsay Group, and many, many more. Another of the panel of all-stars you'll meet at Ambiente's Horeca Academy is Ido Guarini. Guarini is all about hospitality, strategy, and the dining experience. Guarini, in his Studio Appetit, based in the Hague area of Netherlands, wants to reinvent our dining culture and fulfill his dining customers' wishes by raising the awareness of Century Dining Experience and its impact on the guest itself. For more than nine years now, he has been researching ways of connecting people to himself, to others, and to brands. His clients include the Hilton and Rosewood Hotel Groups, as well as the German appliance manufacturer, Gaggenau. Garini is also co-founder and creative director of the Scandinavian brand Raw Finish by Hookah Design, and where he works also as a trend researcher and a TED Talk speaker. And if you haven't watched Ito Garini's TED Talk that he did in Munich in late 2017, I'd encourage you to find it and check it out. It's all on YouTube. And when it comes to the guest experience, Ito Guarini gets it. And he is just one more example of the many all-stars you'll get to learn from at the upcoming Horeca Academy at this year's Ambiente Trade Fair. There'll be something going on on Ambiente's Horeca Academy throughout the entire show. And it's all right there on the exhibit floor in Hall 6.0. So again, we've been telling you for months now The dates are February 7th to the 11th in Frankfurt, Germany. You don't want to miss this. So if you've been hesitating and wondering, should you go or maybe wait, go. You'll be glad you were there. You can find all the information you need on the Ambiente website. And in company news this week, a company that's starting the new year off right is 10 Strawberry Street. It's just been announced that the hospitality division of 10 Strawberry Street is now partnering with CIFA. This partnership means that all products within the 10 Starbury Street Hospitality Division catalog are fully CIFA approved. We've been saying for a long time that 10 Starbury Street is being seen more and more as a mainstream tabletop supplier for the dealer network, and this new partnership with CIFA cements that even further. According to Bob Thompson, 10 Starbury Street's VP of Sales and Product Development, we are very excited to be partnering with all the dealers throughout the CIFA network. For the past several years, we've continued to bring new and innovative looks to hospitality tabletops all across the country, and this new partnership with CIFA will only accelerate that growth. And 10 Strawberry Street CEO Zach Zucker had this to say about his company's new hospitality alliance with CIFA. It's a true honor to be a part of the CIFA network, and we look forward to spreading 10 Strawberry Street through some of the best dealers in the country. Of course, CIFA, which which stands for Supply and Equipment Food Service Alliance, They're the nationwide network of leading supply and equipment dealers and manufacturers. Founded in 1986 by Teddy Reed, CIFA has grown to be one of the industry's leading food service buying, marketing, and training groups. The CIFA network of dealers currently includes more than 50 equipment and supply dealers from coast to coast. 10 Strawberry Street is a company that continues to move toward becoming a mainstream tabletop, front of the house, and buffetware supplier. Watch out for more noise from this tabletop up-and-comer in 2020. Congratulations to both SIFA and 10 Strawberry Street on this exciting new partnership. And in other company news, in a pre-holiday announcement, Creative Italian Metals company Mepra has acquired Punto Suave, a fellow Italian and artisan-based tabletop manufacturer to serve the hospitality market. And of course, Mepra is the the front-of-the-house banquetware and buffetware company that has been producing and selling design-driven and quality-driven flatware and much, much more. For the hospitality industry all since 1947. And in making the announcement, MEPRA said the merged businesses will keep operating under separate names, but the two brands, they will go to market together. According to MEPRA managing director Luca Prendelli, he, by the way, is a fourth generation family member to run the company. He said, at MEPRA, we strongly believe everyone is different. In everything we do, our goal is to offer our partners the chance to distinguish themselves. Through our history, our craftsmanship, our technology, and thanks to our creativity and flexibility, we produce unique and customized professional tools for culinary art. The acquisition of Punto Suave enables MEPRA to take our customization capabilities to the highest next level, not limiting ourselves to metal and PVD, but giving access to our customers to countless solutions in different materials. From the Punto Suave side, founder and CEO Mateo Mendo states, Puente Suave embodies the melding between manufacturing, design, and culinary tradition. Our purpose is to design and produce, through the skills of local artisans, the right dress for each recipe. That's why we like to define ourselves as the tailors of taste. The materials that we use are predominantly ceramic, porcelain, glass, wood, and metal. Our research is fundamentally inspired by the harmonious lines of nature adapted to a context like the culinary gourmet. He went on to add, Puente Suave thinks, draws, and creates the products, closely following every single process from design concept to production completion, including all fields of food design. Every day we're looking for new challenges, proposing as our ultimate goal, solutions that are unique, original, and inimitable. MEPR's North American President, Edward Artadello, he commented that, We are really excited to bring these two unique entities into our markets. Collectively, they will offer the most innovative and customized solutions for the hospitality trade. Chefs, owners, designers, and collaborators will be able to see their visions of creativity and their desires come to life. We expect to be ready to go to market January 1 of 2020. The expanded businesses will have 70 plus salespeople across the USA to put chefs in contact with Italian artisans and designers. Mepra, A leading Italian manufacturer of professional and unique products for food service is a family-owned factory founded in 1947 by the Prendelli family in a small Italian town near the Italian Alps, where the manufacturing plant is still located. MEPRA is worldwide known for its capability of innovating all thanks to the collaboration with some of the most famous chefs around the world, as well as young, talented avant-garde professionals. Congratulations to everyone involved. It looks like we can continue to count on more creative, new hospitality products, all from the team at MEPRA. For more information about the companies uh, and their merger, that can be found at the MEPRA and Puente Suave websites.
0: Now 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave sits down with Shannon Talon of Edward Don and Company and asks the question of the week. This week, Shannon discusses flatware, 1810 versus 180.
1: Hi, everybody. We're back here today with Shannon Town. Shannon, of course, is a lovely and the talented category manager for both tabletop and buffet wear for Edward Don and Company in Chicago. And Shannon, today, the question uh, I've got for you today involves flatware, the flatware category. And it really is a question of materials and quality. And the question really is Is 1810 still the product of choice, that, or do more and more operators feel comfortable turning to 180 as an option?
2: Well, we're definitely seeing operators uh, in a large way preferring 180 options to 1810 more and more. I think that it used to be that 180 patterns of flatware were considered cheap, for lack of a better word, and very traditional. But I think the prod, the 180 product that we're seeing uh, manufacturers bring to market are now not only visually stunning, but the weight and the, the, the hand feel, the feel in the hand is very similar to their 1810 counterparts, right? So if you can get the look and the feel of an 1810 pattern at an 180 price, you know, why wouldn't you? You know, certainly the the magnetic characteristics might matter to some operators, but I, I just don't think that's as relevant anymore. So I think when everybody's trying to be budget conscious and you know look at ways they can cut costs without sacrificing the look of their tabletop or the the look of of their uh, their establishment, you know, switching to eighteen oh flatware can be a really great way to do that.
1: Shannon, one other part to this question: Is there any future at all for silver plate going forward?
2: You know, I, I think we're going to continue to see that category decline and remain a niche product or a niche solution. And it's just that the process of silver plating is is messy and inefficient. And there's fewer and fewer companies in the marketplace with silver plating capabilities. So I think that, you know, there's going to be segments of the market that may always want that sort of traditional uh, l- luxurious luster of silver plate. Some, you know, folks like country clubs, golf clubs, um, some some of those higher end properties. But I, I don't think we're necessarily going to see silver plate have a renaissance in any sort of significant way. I think it'll always be around and have its niche, but um, I, I don't think we'll see significant growth in that category.
1: Yeah, I think it's just a, and there's also from an availability standpoint because I don't know which is driving uh, probably the demand is driving. you know the, the falling demand is driving less and less people to provide that product.
2: Yeah so. I, I agree and you know the upkeep of it, the the uh, care that you have to give silver plate obviously is a labor consideration for operators it just can be a challenging a challenging product.
0: Now here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave talks about creating trust in the recruitment department.
1: In this commentary, I want to talk about creating trust during the recruitment process and why it's so critical. First of all, we've talked in our commentaries on the importance of trust in relationships of all types. Trust is simply the foundational principle that keeps all relationships intact. And when we are trying to find top talent to join our organization... At all levels of responsibility, from top to bottom, it's important that there be the beginnings of a trusting relationship. And it all starts in the recruitment process. And of course, we've talked also about the importance of recruiting the very best talent to join your organization. I strongly believe that going forward, talent will be the real differentiator in our increasingly competitive world. So if both trust and recruiting are both so important, How do we begin to instill trust in the recruiting process itself? Well, today I'm going to give you five tips to do just that. And it all starts long before the first interview. Number one, first of all, when you're recruiting top talent, make sure you know what you're looking for. It sounds so simple, but having an agreement within your organization on the expectations of the position is so, so critical as is making sure that those expectations are being conveyed properly in an updated job description. Note to self here, when was the last time job descriptions in your company were updated? And do they accurately reflect the expectations of the job you're looking to fill now? Many companies are very lax when keeping job descriptions current. Don't be one of those. Building trust with candidates starts with an accurate job description for the job they're interviewing for. Number two. Another important component that needs to be accurate is how you portray your company's overall work environment. This is particularly true if you're recruiting from outside your industry. Letting candidates know as much as you can about the work environment and the culture that they might be joining, even before they apply or they interview, is another great step in building a strong and trusting relationship in the recruitment process. And with the great video capabilities we have today, utilizing video to show candidates what your company is really like and the overall environment that they might be working in, it's a relatively easy thing to do. And it can really help ensure that the future workplace expectations will be accurately conveyed. Number three, being transparent in the hiring process is another great step in building the trust both you and the candidate will be looking for. If your company has just undergone a reorganization, for instance, make sure you tell the candidate that. If the position you're looking for them to fulfill has become open because of negative circumstances, you're far better off telling the candidate that during the interview process as they will hear it on their first day from the new co-workers. Honesty is always the best policy when it comes to creating trust in the recruitment process. Number four. Communication on updates during the recruitment and interview process is an area which often gets overlooked, but this can be a great area of opportunity to help build trust even before the potential employee has started. Giving the candidates a timeline of what you expect during the hiring process will be like helps set the right expectations from the outset. And then, if there are reasons that the interview process somehow changes, being honest and making sure all the candidates are informed about those changes will help the candidates realize they are being dealt with fairly and openly, just like they will be if they become employees. And number five, the onboarding process is where the rubber meets the road. Now all the information about the position, the company itself and its culture, and how things really work here, all are going to be verified when the new employee starts on day one. If the lead-up portrayal has been accurate and honest with the onboarding, well, it will simply reinforce how the candidate, how, what the candidate now has been told. You have a good chance to continue that trusting relationship at that point and go to the next level. If it's not been portrayed accurately, expect that the new employee may become very wary and will wait to learn the real story about what the new company is like and their new position is going to be like. The onboarding process is critical to making sure your relationship with this top new talent gets off started on exactly the right foot. Building trust during the recruitment process is critical to getting the very best talent you can at all levels in any organization. That process of early on trust building also begins the process that allows you to hopefully create enthusiastic and engaged employees and brand ambassadors for your organization and brand. And it's also the beginning of your efforts to retain employees longer as well. After all, happy employees who trust in their companies and co-workers and who feel that their company and coworkers trust in them tend to stay longer and tend to be more productive. After all, the best companies are made up of the best employees. Trust. It all starts in the recruitment process. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Seat Yourself. And as always, I want to thank the Rockstar category manager, Shannon Talon, for joining us today. And of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in as well. And finally, I want to make a special thanks to the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And remember to be sure to check out their most recent tabletop advisor. You can download it from their website, www. Dot Don.com Just go to the homepage and scroll down to the publications section. We'll see you next time, but always remember, Tabletop Matters.
0: That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com.